tripping over sideways, tumbling down the stairs. You got me right there. You got me, got me love drunk. Maybe spin the bottle. Come on, baby, truth or dare. You got me right there. You got me, got me love drunk. It's all the laughs. It's all the laughs. I'm gonna have to lower the volume on. Even that waveform, I was laughing. Oh my gosh. Oh, she's fresh. Oh, goodness. Oh, Hello, and welcome to Love Drunk. Hi! Oh my gosh. <laughs> I am here today with, I, I say that all my guests are like one of the, my favorite people, but it's, it's the whole point of the podcast. So I feel like that's, <laughs> I feel like I'm allowed to do that and say that. Uh, but seriously, one of my favorite people, she was my roommate at one time. She was the love of my life many times. Um... <laughs> Sounds like we have a weird, torrid sexual past. We don't, I promise. Uh, that would make this a lot more interesting, though. It Damn. Would, I think it'd be really interesting if, like, there was this... Because there's going to be a bunch of people mm-hmm. that, like, listen to this podcast and think about, like, how good-looking both of us are. Yeah. And they, like, think to themselves, that's a thing that could Yeah, happen. that could happen, that's honestly. That's a thing that, that, like, in their minds, they're just kind of like... Should yeah. it? it? Huh. It we don't know. We ship it. We ship it. Should but anyway, happen. oh my gosh, I didn't even introduce her. <laughs> it's Madeline Grace Dimayuga. Hi! Wow, my full God-given name. I know. Whoa. That's how much I love you. <laughs> well, because I realized that I didn't ask you before we started whether you wanted to be Madeline Grace or Madeline Dimayuga or even just Maddie. I think it's okay to be with, like, Madeline Grace. Madeline Grace. Here on Love Drunk, we do allow the guests to pick the poison, and anything is on the table except for... Gin! That's right. We do not <laughs> drink gin here on Love Drunk. If you would like to drink gin on a podcast, then start, start your, your own, own podcast. podcast. That should be dudes. on, like, a shirt for this podcast. I need to do, do we need to start do Love Drunk podcast. merch? I mean, I'd buy it. How do you do, how does one merch? I have to look that, I have to look into you it. You can do stickers that you can, like, just, like, have a bars. Oh, stickers. Stickers. Yeah, or just, like, like, hook up with a gra- graphic artist somewhere in LA mm-hmm. and, like, just have them tag Love Drunk all over the place. I do have talented friends. Um, but Maddie, what the heck are we drinking? We are drinking one of the most nostalgic drinks from us living together, mm-hmm. which is a combination of what I love to drink and what Charlotte loves to drink. Yep. It is a Moscow Mule, but the regular vodka has been switched with Deep Eddie Cranberry Vodka. Hell yeah. yeah. Also very Austin of us to it's do that. very awesome. I mean, like, when you first got here and I took you to Austin Eastsiders as soon as I picked you up from Moonshine, mm-hmm. it was very much just like... This is the most that we could do. The only other thing that would top this is if, like, after we went to this Austin Eastsiders tap room, we went to the Deep Eddie's Distillery that's, like, out in Dripping Springs. Yep. It's it's impossible. We it's, did that, and we did that for my my last day yeah, in the did. apartment. We and went was, to the distillery. It was, it was sad so and fun. Uh-huh. Have you heard me crunching? Uh, Maddie also set up a charcuterie platter for us, which is just one of the many reasons why I love her. It's... Like, it's truly that I love cured meats, and I love cheeses. She's just very passionate about cured meats and cheeses, I really guys. I am. Like, so I was going to say that yes. it was great because we, I asked you if, if you would want to record Love Drunk, <laughs> and then we were getting all set up. I left my mic in LA. So Maddie was doing this whole big setup with, with mics and amps, and we're recording on my phone, and everything's going great, and I realize I'm like oh Maddie do you have um do you need to come up with any like code names or anything for your people and she pulls out a note on her phone from I want to know the date of this it's a little scary I'm (laughs) sorry I apologize I'm so excited please tell me the date 
April 19th, 2018. <laughs> Y'all, I've been waiting for this moment. Okay, if I'm going to be totally honest, I've been waiting for this moment since episode one. Okay. For all the boys sitting there thinking, I've been involved with Madeline Grace or Charlotte Rose. I don't want all my business aired. Well, fear not. We do have a list of code names, so no one's going to know we're talking about you. But you'll know. Yes, you will. And I, I, I do like to pride myself on thinking that like the code names that I've chosen are very much tailored to these boys mm-hmm. correctly. Like... I, I don't know. I'm, I'm proud to see which ones are going to get busted out because, like, they're all pretty good. See, I was a little nervous because I don't have my code list with me. Once oh. again, I left it in L.A. However, mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure I have it memorized. I don't think there's a single one that I would not be able to refer back to. But once again, I've had to do this a few times. So, <laughs> you know. Um, so I... So we're just going to get right into it, basically. Because I feel like that's the best way to do it. And I think that one of the, the funniest stories that you and I have is that there was a period of time when we were living together and we were also both casually sleeping with boys that had the same first name. Mm-hmm. Um, they will which remain is, nameless. They will remain codeless. Or codeless. They, they will, will remain, remain nameless. nameless. Damn, I am love drunk. What is yeah! happening? Oh my god, it's too early for this shit. It's, it's almost just, like that. It's just ginger beer and vodka. It's mm-hmm. beer and vodka together in the same drink that makes you real sloppy. And I love it. I always would make our Moscow Mules with mm-hmm. alcoholic ginger beer and the vodka because I distinctly remember both of us like drinking one and then being like toasted and then like <laughs> getting halfway through a second one and both of us were like, <laughs> like it's an unfortunate thing. Speaking but of good. those times, honestly, just us like <laughs> just sitting talking like sitting and talking about these boys and it's hilarious because they had the same first name yes and this was before we created code names yes. well this was i was using his code name pretty much at work only all the time and i talked to you and i'd yes. say his actual name so Jokingly. i would be like so i'd be like my child bride yes. and you'd be like your yes, what is my his? homeboy uh-huh yeah so <laughs> which is just hilarious and then i think that it all really came to a head one night when, um, and no pun intended. <laughs> 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 just came to a head, but I'm just... Came um, to a head, yes, There was when we, one of my favorite, just one of my favorite coincidences is that you and I both slept with these boys on the same night, around the same time, on opposite ends of town, <laughs> without... You knew that I was trying to. You yes. knew, I was like, I'm gonna I'm a take child right home tonight. Yes. And then you were like... I don't think, did you have plans with him or did no. you? So the way that it panned out was mm-hmm. that you were getting ready for the party and I had a final coming up. So I was uh-huh. like, you know, I shouldn't like go out. I'm just going to like stay here at home. Probably just like, just like study. Mm-hmm. But then you were talking about like you and child bride and like how things had been like heating up and uh-huh. I was very much like a fan of any of my friends getting laid. Yeah. When one of us gets laid, the squad gets laid. That's always how I felt that is how I will continue to feel forever obviously it's the best when you're the one getting laid but you're but you're very excited for your friends but yeah like everybody collectively gets laid Mm -hmm. so that was that was just kind of the get laid collective (laughs) (laughs) great band name I would subscribe Mm -hmm. I would be a big follower of that Mm -hmm. um but it was like that I had I had that final coming up you were going out to the party Uh and you were thinking about bringing him home Mm -hmm. so I was just very much just like oh like there is this guy that I've been hanging out with, and coincidentally, 
we have the same class that we're studying a final for. Mm -hmm. So I was like, hey, I'll just pop over to his place. Like, I I was just in PJs, y'all. Like, I had no intention Mm -hmm. of sleeping with this dude. That's always how it happens. I was, like, it was very much that my brain was winning over my vagina at that (laughs) point, where it was like, you know what you should do, study. Mm -hmm. So uh, you went out looking all hot, and I was very excited because I was like, if there's... There's no way that he's not coming back to this apartment if she's just like that. <laughs> so I And she I like, was right. And anyway. I, yes. It was that I went over to his place and we did start studying for like a good hour. Uh-huh. And then I was double checking with you because then if it was like a bust, I wasn't gonna like I forgot stay this over. part. Oh my god. This is god. the best. I this totally is my you forgot this part of the story. <laughs> this is a great part of the story though. Continue. I love it. So, whenever you initially got to the party, Mm -hmm. and, like, I was letting some time pass, because I was already studying, but then it got pretty late, and I didn't want to burden homeboy with, like, staying at his place Mm -hmm. if nothing was going to happen, because at the time, we were very casual. Mm -hmm. So, I didn't feel like it was within the rules of being casual, Mm -hmm. of sleeping over without having sex. Right. So, There are some things you don't do in in an FWB relationship. You don't. It's just no snuggles, which mm-hmm. is sad. You you can snuggle post-coital. I have, That's we true. had, Child Brian and I had some snuggles, and they were nice, but it was like, it was never like, oh, yeah, come over and like actually just watch a movie, and then we'll cuddle up and go to sleep. Like, that was never, right. that was never on the, if that happened, like, yeah. good, but like, it was, there was always something that, you know, preceded that, and then maybe followed it after as well. What? Yes. So, this, this is my favorite part, is where it's just like, me... Knowing that I should not sleep over and checking in on Charlotte to see the progress at which you had made in seducing this boy successfully. Mm-hmm. So it was great to like text you being like, hey girl. Oh my god, she <laughs> found it. Oh my god. <laughs> okay. Okay, wait, what was. Okay. So there was another. There was, okay, so there was, goal, goal, there... goal number one uh-huh. was for you to like get his attention at the party and then like sneaky make out with him. I believe was that was that goal, goal number, number one. Because goal. Uh, I'm pretty sure because goal number two. No. What was goal number I one? I know what goal number one was. was. It was so stupid and it was not related to anything. It was literally me getting a pot belly sandwich before I went to the party. <laughs> <laughs> it was because my dumbass, living in Hyde Park, did not want to go to the pot belly on Guad because there was no parking. So I drove... Like, That's 15 right. minutes away yeah. to go get pot belly because I love those fucking sandwiches. A coincidence... I favored Potbelly this afternoon <laughs> and ate the same thing that I ate that night because I only have one Potbelly order. Yeah. And po- I don't, there's no Potbelly in California. So while I was here, I was like, <laughs> I have to eat Potbelly. Anyway, so I remember I was leaving and you were in your pajamas and you were like, what time are like Nat and all them coming over to get ready for the party? And yeah. I was like, oh, it's this time. I'm going to go get Potbelly because. <laughs> I have wanted potbelly for days, and I this is like this is a goal I have to accomplish. So we made a joke because then I told you. I think I told you. Yeah, like what your other plan what my was. other and you were like, oh yeah, her plan is to get a potbelly sandwich, and I was like, yeah, I got another plan too. So goal number two. Okay. So goal number one was accomplished when I ate my when I drove thirty minutes round trip yes. to eat a sandwich. Goal number two was to get child bride to come back to, to the apartment come, to come home with me because yes. it was a party and it was within walking distance. Of exactly, our place. So and I was, was like, "Yo, it's if this totally isn't good, like fine. this is gonna happen." So the text conversation between me and our dear Charlotte Rose. I'm so fucking happy. I really this. wish we had the date on it because there are times. Mm-hmm. So at twelve forty one a.m. 
on whatever day this was. Pretty sure it had to be like a Saturday. I texted Charlotte, um, did you accomplish goal number two? And then Charlotte, in all caps, texts back at 1242, a minute later. One moment later. Trying! And then, Wait, how is trying spelled? Is it just all caps? Okay, it's right. No, it's I just, wanted it's just to know all, if you had extra G's on it. here was the extra thing on it. Is that, like, I feel like that was, like, me trying to, like, emulate your desperation of just, like, this This has got to happen. Uh, also, I was, told me. I was sitting with him. Yes. When you texted me. So, like, sneaky. I was, like, chatting with him, and then he... Like, you texted me, and I just turned my back <laughs> and just texted you back. And I only sent one word, because I didn't want him to see, so I yes. just sent trying, and then, like, <laughs> I sent it. So, to me, it's like, in the moment, it was more like, Charlotte was just, like, whispering back to me, trying, like, trying. <laughs> but my um, desperation, yes, came out more. It's anyway. exactly it. So then, like, a moment later, just uh-huh. because, like, I just wanted to be short and quick with the conversation, uh-huh. I said, it's cool, LOL, homeboy and I are just chilling, sunglass emoji. And this is a little, a little, like, oh, yeah, no, I can calculate this. 16 minutes later, uh, Charlotte Rose texts back at 1.03 a.m. It's happening. I say it's happening because it's and happening are one word. (laughs) It's one. She managed, she managed the apostrophe for it's. But not the space between the two the words. space between the two because we were walking next to each other. <laughs> and that was literally, it was so funny because I was about to text you and be like, hey, yes. Thundercats go. But I, but, but like, I was, but I, so we were literally on our way. We had just walked out of the party. Exactly. We had just walked out of the party. He was carrying my heels. Very polite. So nice. Very nice. And, and then I get that <laughs> and then I'm just like, we have to. We got it. We gotta go. We gotta go. I gotta text her. And so I, that's how it's shappening happened. It, it's shappening is my favorite thing because in response, I still texted back like what our code word was, which is so dumb because it's it's so many repeated letters. It's just uh, two minutes later. Yas, Thundercats, a go! <laughs> I forgot how often we used to say that. To it's just like yas. Oh my god. So then, incidentally, whenever I knew that Charlotte was bringing him home, that gave me the green light to, like, look at Homeboy and just go, so, do you want to stop studying? And he was like, oh hell yeah, I don't want to study anymore. (laughs) So then, if you calculate it, at approximately 1.10am, Charlotte Rose and Madeline Grace had relations (laughs) With two men of the same exact name, miles apart from each on other. On opposite, guys, I cannot stress to you, we were on opposite sides of town. Like, this <laughs> this was ridiculous. <laughs> and then to finish it up. Charlotte, the best, the best way to finish up this whole evening. And also, just a little brag here, two hours later. Hey! Two hours later, I say, in all caps, the deed is done. And also, I had to drive him home after. <laughs> And I also remember on that night, I, the deed was done. I drove him home. <laughs> I came back home and I went to our fridge and I ate some of your rice. <laughs> like you had a <laughs> container of rice and I just put some in a bowl and heated it up and put some soy sauce on it. And I was yes! like, Maddie's okay with me eating this rice. And then she 
it's like so that was at three in the morning two that hours was. later yeah and then you got home like maybe 20 minutes after I sent that I don't something know something like that yeah because like it was very much that I once again rules of a casual relationship I was like no sleepovers mm-hmm. and I got back I got back to the apartment that night and like you you like in the most adorable way just like admitted to me that you ate some of my rice and I was very much just like I was sitting there still eating it when you walked in I was sitting there eating it and just like just two disheveled women (laughs) Maddie walks in I'm like eating her rice and I'm like hey and you're like hey and I'm like I'm eating some of your rice and you're like that's fine And then we just laughed and laughed, and it was like, and then we stayed up talking until like four, and then we exactly. were finally like, yo, I'm out. I'm out. <laughs> Deuces, it's been a night. <laughs> I just like thinking that like as soon as I walked in, there was just like this air of like, <laughs> we got laid yeah. in sync. It was, it was, <laughs> it wasn't something that I actively, you know, obviously was thinking about during, but afterwards <laughs> it was a, it was a thing that comforted me, you know? I was just it's like, true. wow. Because like you, you didn't think that, or rather it wasn't that like it was um, present on your mind when you got home with child bride mm-hmm. that I would be doing the same thing with homeboy. Because you were also, you were very much like, my pajamas are on, I'm here to study, I will occupy my time. Exactly. I don't know if something's going to happen. I was like, yo, I don't want to, I don't want to pressure Maddie into anything, but, (laughs) I mean, obviously I was thrilled. (laughs) I just realized Natalie's never going to listen to this episode because she'll be so (laughs) horrified by everything you say. That's, oh God. It's not, and I, really quick, I want to tell you, Natalie Patton, not a prude at all. There is something about Maddie saying... Like, talking about, like, getting fucked and stuff that Natalie, like, has a serious issue with. And I don't know why. It's hilarious. I got railed. Like, if I said that statement, I'm sure Natalie would just, like, fall to pieces. The one moment where Natalie realized that I was not as innocent as she previously thought. Britney Spears, she's not that innocent, honestly. I'm sorry, that was late. That was a great. I think it just like side swipe. I'm very casual. Whoa! Casual Britney. Just a casual Britney. I will remember this scene for the rest of my life. Natalie was asking me about my then boyfriend, Bemis. And we'll get into that later. But, so she was asking me about Bemis, and, um,. Because Natalie, she is one of, I feel like as a friend, she's very defensive of all her friends. Like, she's very protective of all of them. Oh, yeah. So. 100%. Yes. Natalie, I feel like, because she and I haven't really, like, talked about it this much, but Mm -hmm. I feel like she never really liked Bemis because of, like, how he seemed to treat me whenever we were around Mm -hmm. Nat. And she was very much just kind of like, you can do so much better, Mm -hmm. but, like. She never wanted to say that to my face. She was right. very, very um, considerate and would just, like, ask me, like, how's it going between mm-hmm. you two? How's everything? And I was just saying that, like, I was, like, recapping maybe, like, a previous date that we had went on or something. And then Natalie, just, like, being Natalie and speaking her truth, just said, you know, he doesn't deserve you. And, like, as I'm massaging Natalie, I was just mm-hmm. like, no, he's a good boy. He is kind. He is sweet. And then, like, after a moment, I just figured I might as well say it. And he eats that puss. And, and she like- said it exactly <laughs> that way. And 
my life, my life just like flashed before my eyes. <laughs> it was just the like such a moment in our friendship. And Natalie was horrified, mm-hmm. and she recoiled, and she was like, "I never want to hear you say that ever again." Which means Maddie spent the rest of the time oh. of the River House saying it whenever possible. Yes, whether it was in that volume or like just secretly whispered to Natalie to wake her up just while like, like she was falling asleep on set. Eats that puss. <laughs> So ever since then, Natalie's been truly disgusted with everything Maddie has to my, say about getting railed and eating puss. Hey, you know what? While we're talking about that, we're yeah. talking about, like, relationships. Yeah. Uh, Madeline Grace, do you believe in love? I do. Hold on. Ew, she's yes. smiling. That's disgusting. I am gross. Oh, she's so <laughs> gross. Why is she so gross? I'm just kidding. It's beautiful. Get out of my face. <laughs> It's beautiful even with my hyena laugh. Um, <laughs> so, I really, I do believe in love, and it's it's interesting, like, the timing of how, one, being on this podcast, uh-huh. two, uh, things that are going on in my personal life, in my family life, uh-huh. and, like, in, the re- in respect towards the people that are part of my family, I will mm-hmm. keep most of their business out. I'm, well, I wanted to mainly talk about, like, stuff that has, like, kind of defined how I view love yeah. on this podcast. That's what we're here for, dude. Yes! Fucking do it, dude. Because, um, lovely listeners, I I just want to call you lovelies. I'll just call you lovelies for now, just for short, because yeah. I'm getting, I'm, I'm, a little, I'm toasted. Oh my god, is she? Is she? I'm sorry, She's, is she? Oh, is she love drunk? I'm bordering oh, on love drunk, no. and I'm sure it's going to get worse. She's going to fall into this. the side of love drunk. She's, <laughs> she's right on the fence, and then I'm just about to push her over. It'll be great. You're going to push me over, but I'm going to be like on the Boop. couch cushions like too far away, and I'm going to be like yelling at the oh, mic. Oh my god, amazing. <laughs> but, um, so my first evidence of love was my grandparents, mm-hmm. and I want to take you back to 1952, Actually, probably more like 1950. We're mm-hmm. post World War II. There's this young man named uh, Celestino Dimiuga. Mm-hmm. Before the war, he wanted to be an electrical engineer, but because of the demand of doctors for the war, he ended up having to become a doctor. Mm-hmm. After the war, after he had already been like a surgeon for such a long time, he decided to finish up his residency up in the States because they allowed him that since he technically served the U.S. Army. Mm-hmm. He gets over here, he's in St. Louis, Missouri. And uh, he gets this one case uh, across town from a, a young woman who is playing bridge in her mother's parlor with her mother's friends, who suddenly, uh, her appendix burst. <gasps> I've heard this story, and I'm still like, ah, I hate that part. <laughs> and she was just playing bridge. She was just minding her own business playing bridge. So then she had to go to the hospital. She gets to the hospital. Uh, Celestino sees Elizabeth, otherwise known as Betty, for the very mm-hmm. first time. And even though she is breaking a sweat and she's in immense pain, he still thinks that she's the most beautiful woman he's ever seen. Gross. I know. I hate that. I know. That's dumb. Anyway, continue. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) So, he said when he saw her chart, it said that she was uh, 5'2", brunette, uh, and he looked at, like, her other measurements. I can never remember. Like, he, he remembered her exact measurements for her bust her waist and her hips y'all oh my god that's something that they included on your charts back in the day oh yeah it makes sense what weird weird but like and then he also saw that she was catholic because that was another thing that they included on medical reports back in 1950s Mm -hmm. and um he was like yeah all right she checks the boxes (sighs) he performs the procedure um she wakes up in the hospital room to this doctor holding a bouquet of flowers 
And she's very confused because, like, she's just, like, waking up after anesthesia. She thinks mm-hmm. that she's hallucinating or just, like, dreaming. And then she looks at him and she goes, Doctor, is everything, is everything okay? She was genuinely concerned for her mm-hmm. well-being. The doctor says, you can call me Celis, and we're going on a date this Thursday, if you would like. Like, that was the beginning of my grandparents' romance, where it was this Grey's Anatomy situation where this doctor fell in love with this patient that he had no qualms about approaching Mm -hmm. once he had what he likes to call saved her life, and now he knows her inside and out. Oh, wow, that's nuts. (laughs) It's stupid. So, like, um... Then it was, like, this whole whirlwind romance where it was this guy that was from, like, this faraway land and not that far away, the uh, Lipa City in mm-hmm. the uh, city or the province of Batangas in the Philippines. And um, this woman who had never been outside Missouri ever, like, falling in love with this dude instantaneously. Mm-hmm. Like, when I say love at first sight, it was apparently ridiculous from mm-hmm. all the stories that I've heard. Yeah. And since then, they, like... She ended up moving to the Philippines where Mm. she did not know the language. She did not know the culture. She had no idea what she was doing, but she wanted to drop everything for this guy. Right. She has 11 kids. Number eight. Yeah, sorry. God, I also knew knew that too, but it's just like a natural reaction when you talk about having 11 kids. That is ridiculous. They were so Catholic. Like, that's so that's stupid. Yeah. Not stupid. I mean, like, oh, it's like stupid, crazy, you know, no, like, like, like that. When, when you're when you're a traditionalist Catholic, you don't believe in contraceptives, y'all. Oh my so, god! So, like, damn, they were I mean, very much that, like, if that works for you. <laughs> um, also, I do want to say, like, obviously, I'm not going to shit on your grandparents' story in any way, but it's I'm very glad that she was also into it. Yeah. Because if she hadn't been into it, that would have been super fucking creepy. Exactly. Imagine you wake up from surgery, your appendix bursts, and then some dude's like, "We're going on a date." and you're like oh no thank you bye <laughs> but she was like okay like i yeah. mean like it worked and she was she was the eldest daughter of her family mm-hmm. and uh at the time she was 25 which was uncharacteristic <laughs> me a 25 year old making a face <laughs> but like um back in those times that mm-hmm. was actually kind of like late considering that like she had gotten to the age of 25 hadn't gotten married yet mm-hmm. um she wasn't the own, she wasn't the head of her own household yet and so whenever she eventually decided to go on the date with my grandfather, it was, like, partially because she was, like, I appreciate that I have a suitor. This, like, my grandma was a very outspoken woman. Like, mm-hmm. she was very, she was very different for her time. Like, mm-hmm. she, her favorite hobbies were archery and bowling. Damn. Yeah. Betty's she loved, cool. She loved, like, Betty loved to, like, go hiking. Mm-hmm. She, um, but she loved music. I'm sorry, I thought you were going to be like, Betty liked to go hard. <laughs> Betty only drank malt liquor by the 40. (laughs) Betty didn't fuck around, guys, okay? Get the fuck out of here with that bullshit around Betty. Are you kidding me? Ugh, Betty was... My dad. I also feel like Betty would be laughing if she heard this, personally. That's just me. My dad always liked to characterize my grandmother as being a cowboy because she had never ventured past, like, her hometown very Mm -hmm. much. They didn't have that luxury. Right. Um, But then, like... The way that my dad and all of my aunts and uncles would characterize my grandparents' love story mm-hmm. is that it was truly, like, notebook-worthy romance where, like, mm-hmm. 
his dad was a governor back in the Philippines, and he had basically arranged a marriage for my grandfather, but he didn't want that. His grand, My grandfather didn't want to be in politics. He wanted to be a doctor. He wanted to help people. He felt like his service towards God was to help people. So then he becomes a doctor. He eventually meets my grandmother. He is forced to come back and explain himself, like, why did you get married to this girl when you're, you have an arranged marriage to this girl for, pol- like, for um, politics? Mm-hmm. And then my grandma coming over and, like, not knowing anybody, not knowing how to speak to anybody, learning the language, learning the culture, and then becoming so acclimated in that neighborhood that she was in that everyone revered her as being, like, the neighborhood's mother. Mm -hmm. And both of them being so dedicated to the Catholic Church that, like, she she and him became kind of, like, these legends in Mm -hmm. my dad's hometown of just, like, this couple that obviously loved each other so much that gave so much service to the community because not only did she like have her own like regular like secretarial secretarial kind of job she would do a lot of like volunteer work with the church just going out to the barrios and like helping everyone that was less fortunate Mm -hmm. to just have a better quality of life and i think what's really interesting about love is that it changes okay when you when you have more distance from it Mm -hmm. you know Because, like, there are all these stories that everybody has, I'm sure, that, like, their distant relatives, your grandparents, where it almost sounds like it's, like, a fairy tale, right? Mm -hmm. Where you can, like, barely, you can't really touch it. It's very intangible. It's only something that you ever hear of, and when you think about it, you play it back in your head as if it's, like, on a film reel. Yeah. It's very beautiful. It's, but, it's kind of like a silent film where you see the images, but you don't know what was said. You don't really Mm -hmm. know what was going on. It's funny you bring that up because that's exactly how I feel about my parents, too. Yeah. Like, that's exactly how I feel about my parents' story, where I look and I'm able to kind of be like, this is a love story because I know the logical side of my brain is telling me, and even my mom has told me, mm-hmm. that, you know, kids who get married when they're 18, usually that doesn't work out. Right. But just, and, and you know, I've heard the stories, I've heard what was done, but I, I don't, I only know a retelling of it mm-hmm. after so many years. I found out maybe a couple years ago that my mom and dad quote unquote broke up for what? like for a couple days and then basically came back together and they were like, Hey, we're going to stop this bullshit. Right. And like, <laughs> yeah. We're going to stop the bullshit. And then they were together again. And I was like, mom, dad, you broke up that like, uh, oh my god that like and I didn't say it ruins the story but I kind of I was like but that felt like it, like, I, I kind of felt cheated a little bit yeah. whereas like I've grown up thinking this and then my mom said it does no but like that was part of it like yeah. that was that was something that kept like continued but that's what made it real yeah, yeah. that's what made it real that's yeah. what made it realistic is yeah. is they broke up I want to say maybe for it couldn't have been for more than a week truly it was just it was a few days of them being like, this is over, and then they came back together, and then my mom and dad wrote out a list of rules, which was, like, no fighting, no going to bed angry, no crying, and then my mom made him change it to, like, minimal minimal crying, and then, you know, so they wrote out all these lists, like, they wrote out a list of rules for their relationship, where it's like, we are always going to communicate, we're going to do Bible study together, we're going to do this stuff, we're going to do this stuff. It was really great and cool, and like it, it was. It I don't know. It, it it honestly makes the story seem more real, but then at the same time, it also makes it seem more fanciful yeah. because you know, because you know, in the rom com, you yeah. know that there's the part where they get mad and they break up yeah. and then they come back together, and so so you look at these stories and you think, 
Oh my god, and I just remembered the lamest thing my mom ever said, which was also so sweet. Oh my god. So I said, so, you know, I I talked to my mom and I was like, you know, you you and dad's love story is the best love story I've ever heard. And she goes, no, it's the second best. Your love story will be the best love story you've ever heard. Oh, damn! Isn't my mom dumb and awful, and we <sighs> hate her so much? No, I, Angie, I, uh, uh, I love sweet, sweet Ange. I love her. My mom also like doesn't know slash also maybe might know and hates that I call her Ange, but her name <laughs> her name is Angelique. When I was a shitty teenager, I'd like text my friends and be like, Ange needs to calm down because it was just like a power play. But my mom's name is Angelique. She's amazing and wonderful, and she's my favorite human on the world. I don't I don't know if I've talked to my siblings about this in depth, but it's there's something about someone who believes in you wholeheartedly, which is wonderful. And I never like please understand I'm not trying to shit on my mom who is like No so amazing and believes in me and I know a lot of people I struggle think, with their relationships with their parents and exactly. I have a wonderful relationship with my mom and I never want to to act like I don't appreciate it every day. Right. But she believes in me so wholeheartedly that I put so much pressure on myself to be the person that she wants me to be. Yeah. Which doesn't mean, like, she's, like, exactly what you said. She's not trying to project mm -hmm. you to be a certain kind of person. Yeah. It's just that you have, like, this preconceived pressure to become something Mm -hmm. that you think that she wants you to be. I think that I might have mentioned this on the podcast before is I usually didn't waste her time talking about boys with her until things were already kind of done and I just sort of explained the situation. Like she would, you know, come to my shows at UT and I'd be like, oh, by the way, this dude in the show, blah, 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 here's all the stuff that happened and now it's done. And I think that she wasn't heard about that, but she really just wanted me to know that I could talk to her about these things. Mm. But I am also, as someone who has never been in a relationship and is looking for someone to to be in a relationship with, and also having a mom who can't help me with dating because she never dated. Right. She dated one guy and then and married him, and that was it. <laughs> she goes, I'm sorry, I have no idea how to date. Because um, I never had to do that. But she is always just like you're gonna meet the right person at the right time and I'm not worried at all and I'm like but now I'm worried that I can't give you this like this person and this family and this grandchild and I don't know it's just it's me thinking which is ludicrous if you ask me oh my god because damn it Maddie I, I, I mean here's the thing is that like out of anybody that I've ever known in my life you are the most deserving of that love you are the most I, I think that you'll be a fantastic mother. I think that you're going to give all the love and affection that your child could possibly want and even not know that they want. I don't know. Also, Ange isn't wrong. She's, like, never wrong. I promise I don't pay these people to come on the podcast and say nice things No, me. They just do when I get overwhelmed. You, look, if you don't know Charlotte personally and you're just, like, stumbling across this podcast because a friend of a friend of a friend had re- requested it, that you listen to it, which obviously should happen because this is a very wonderful podcast thank you it's that when you meet charlotte rose it is it becomes very apparent that you're just like this is a person who understands the human condition she's not here to judge it she's here to observe it Mm -hmm. and she's also here to support the choices that you make so the fact that you're so easily empathetic towards every person that you meet and you'll have your own judgments but it's you never because you and i had a conversation about this recently yeah where you don't really pass judgment on a person until like a longer amount of time when you've gotten to know them Mm -hmm. 
for the most part, for anybody that's ever known you, the reason why you're able to do a podcast that's like this, that focuses on love, mm-hmm. <coughs> and choking out charcuterie, that's choking the other thing we focus on. <laughs> we are still, guys, if you think we're not still snacking, then hell yeah, we are still, we're, still we're going hard on the snacks. That's probably <laughs> going to have to edit out so much chewing. <laughs> Damn it! Uh, I was getting to a good point. But... To summarize, because obviously whenever it comes to Charlotte, I overextend myself. You have this innate ability to make everyone around you feel like they matter. So, don't ever doubt that, like, you are undeserving of love. Mm -hmm. The fact that you're so able to make everyone feel like they matter is why everyone loves you. It's because you, like, you see people and, like... It's just, it's just what you do is that like you look at somebody and you're like, Hey, I'm here with you and I love you. I don't know you, but I know I love you. (laughs) And that's, if you ever think for one second that you're undeserving of love or that love will not find you, I am personally against that notion, Mm -hmm. like against that notion. (laughs) She, uh, I'm so love drunk. Drunk words or sober sober thoughts. thoughts. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's me. That's the goal of the podcast. The other thing about me that you should know, loyal listeners, lovelies, if you uh, don't know me, is that every time that I get significantly drunk, like, this is like a good borderline where I'm like, like, (laughs) but like, I will personally grab people, pull them aside. And tell them all the things that I love about she'll, them. She'll give you a monologue. She'll uh-huh. look you in the eyes and be like, here's why I love you. You are amazing. And it was, yeah, we've had our moments. We've had our moments where we were both shit-faced in a club, just oh, being like, I think God brought us together for this <laughs> reason. <laughs> An actual conversation we have had in a it's, club once. It's true. It, on my on mm-hmm. my 21st birthday, That was I, a fun night. Oh, was it? It ended with me doubled over a toilet, like, recounting the ghosts. Yeah, and I ended up getting a parking ticket the next day. So, you know, I mean, from that night before, I had a parking ticket. So (laughs) it was was a a good time. It was a good time. Mm -hmm. But, like, um, I don't know. But I'm amazing, and I'm going to find love. Thank you. I appreciate it. I think that we're just at a dead end at this point. We're just really just floating around. But I do have another question for you. Yes. So my question is, I am here... For a wedding. I went yes. to a wedding. Yes. there A wedding was had. Yes. Personally, I would love to get married and you can come. So my question is, are you going to get married and can I come? Yes, I'm getting married. Tomorrow! Just kidding. What oh my God! <laughs> Surprise! As long as it's not, it's not after 7.50 because <laughs> that's my flight time. No. So as long as it's in the morning. Yes. No, um... Yes, I would love to be married, <clears throat> um, and you're definitely coming. Hell fucking yeah. There's like, there is, other than you, I'm not going to reveal on this podcast, because you're just going to have to find out whenever, like, invitations are Tune in to Maddie's wedding. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, it's a, it's a handful of my, my girl group mm-hmm. that have supported me through, like, the rest of college, into my adult life. Through thick and also thin, exactly. you're saying, basically. Yes. Through the thick double C's and thin one eye. <laughs> Through the thick and, and thin. 
yes, I I would love to be married. Here's my here's my weird thing about marriage that like a lot of people have been like, really? That's uh-huh. what you want to do? And I'm like, eh, it only makes sense. Um, I feel like you the tax benefits from be- this is my analytical brain. The tax benefits of being married mm-hmm. substantial. Yes. But on the whole, there's something that's very prideful in me that like I don't need to have somebody attached to me right. to prove to them that I love them. Mm-hmm. Like I can be still have my own name, still have my own like be my own person mm-hmm. and love that person, but not necessarily be married to them. Mm-hmm. I think it's partially because I was raised Catholic. A big thing in my brain is that if you're getting married, you are making a commitment to making a family. Okay. So I don't want to be married until I know I'm having children. Okay. I know. It's a weird it's a weird kind of situation. And I think the reason for that thinking is mainly based out of, like, my childhood coming from a divorced family, mm-hmm. where my parents got married very young. My dad was 19, my mom was 18 when they mm-hmm. had my sister. And then I was meant to save a marriage, and that didn't work out. Oh, no. <laughs> but, um, Isn't it crazy how having kids doesn't save your marriage? Interesting. Weird how that works. Interesting concept, mom <laughs> and dad. Um, but my mom oh my likes to say that I was born out of like a therapy. Mm-hmm. I was a therapy baby. I was that. I was the baby that was conceived during their good times while they were seeking help. And but I feel like that's so common. <clears throat> I feel is. like that's such a common idea of oh, mm-hmm. if we have children, it will save our Which marriage, is a and it doesn't. Idea. It's also and it's hard because there are people that like stay together for the kids, and it's mm-hmm. and that's not good either. It's, it's not. just it's. So, like, even even from my perspective, if my parents had stayed together, I'm pretty sure I'd be far more emotionally turmoil than mm-hmm. I am right now. I have, everyone has their hang-ups. Everyone right, has a different course. way that they grew up. I think for divorced kids specifically, you get this idea in your head that somehow, some way, somewhere down the line, you were the reason that they split up. And that's definitely not the case. People will divorce... Because they do not love each other. They do not love their children less. It Like, children are the proof that love existed. Mm-hmm. That's the whole deal. Yeah. But the thing about it is, I think because of watching how tumultuous my parents' marriage was, mm-hmm. and even while they were divorced, how awful that was of, like, witnessing. I would hear my mom and dad have an argument with each other when they saw each other, and I would hide in my room... And turn on the TV and have to put on the TV to max volume Mm -hmm. so I wouldn't hear them fight anymore. That was how I grew up. And I never, I would never want that for my child. Yeah. Very much so where I actively make it a choice for myself that if I'm getting married, that's it. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm going to have children with this person. I will never leave that person ever. To me, marriage is something that's so very loaded yeah. that I never approach it frivolously. Yeah. You know, here's the funny thing. So you said this earlier today because we were talking about weddings. Yes. And so being that I just came from a wedding, maybe it's my age, maybe it's – I don't want to say that it's like a male-female thing at right. all. Yeah. But – Admittedly, when I was at the wedding, there were things that I was kind of, every time I go to a wedding, I think, like, this is an amazing thing that I would love to have at my wedding. Mm -hmm. This is how I would like my wedding to be different. And you and I were talking about kids at weddings. Mm -hmm. And you were saying, well, by the time I get married, 
I think most of my family members that are younger children uh-huh. will have been grown. And the most, I'm sorry, I was about to say the most important family member. I'm not, like, he's... He <laughs> is kind just, of, he, he is, is kind of the most he important. is, but, but your nephew, nephew yeah. is, you said, he'll be 13 and sulky, and you said that so quickly, but he's still itty bitty. Like, he's, so he's still, he's still little, and so that... You said that, and in my brain, I really quickly went like, oh, she's not going to get married for another, like, how long is it, nine or ten years? Yeah, basically. Yeah. And so I thought that that was so interesting that you said that, because right now, you're in a very wonderful, loving relationship mm-hmm. with the dude who I approve of, personally. Yes! I can Honestly, he, 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 he sold me, I was already sold, but then he extra sold me when he was like, hey, let's go get lunch. And he and I had never hung out one-on-one before, and he was not even scared at all to just be like, yeah, you and me, two people who have never spoken to each other alone before, (laughs) we'll go to a whole meal together. It will be fine. And then it was. And we were just, like, chit-chatting and having a great time. He's funny. I get it. Like, I already got it, but, like... But, like, it... But it it just... just, Because you had mentioned this before about mm -hmm. another friend of ours where, like, until you actually met their, like, significant other, Uh and then you, And really witnessed it and heard them, I was like, this makes sense. Yes. Like, it just... There's always something that clicks in your brain where it's like, I know why my good, amazing friend, who no one is worthy of, has decided to lower themselves to this... (laughs) common peasant because all of my friends are amazing just kidding I seriously like I've always I've always thought he was great for you and I would just hear how happy you were especially coming out of this other relationship that Mm -hmm. you weren't really happy in yes and was so tumultuous and was so back and forth that I think you had to experience to get to this point to where you're so happy with this person exactly anyway just this is a long roundabout way of saying that I know you're so happy with this person so to hear that you are still not considering marrying him for Mm -hmm. another like for a significantly long time yes uh it did surprise me a little bit but I also now that you're kind of explaining it that makes a lot more sense yeah because he and I have had um this is another testament of just like how much we do love each other he Mm. and I have had open conversations Uh about the future concerning this and he has a different view on marriage, but he's not forcing his view on me. Mm-hmm. He's like, I just view marriage as something as two people that love each other very much coming together and just, like, making it all the more legitimate than mm-hmm. it already is. And I agree with him on that point. Uh-huh. But for me personally, it's like, I feel like marriage is something nowadays, or at least at, like, a certain point in mm-hmm. our society... We've been able just to, like, throw out the window. It's yeah. like, we're married, but, like, we can get multiple married multiple times. I like to quote, weirdly enough, Quinn Fabray from Glee when she says, you can get married as many times as you want. You only have your senior prom one time. <laughs> and, like, that's a very significant thought where, like, yeah. you, that, the thing that used to be so special is not treated as special as mm-hmm. we would like to think. Yeah marriage (laughs) (laughs) but you didn't but you so I don't think that I want to be married until I want to have children because marriage is already so much of a commitment Mm -hmm. to me Mm -hmm. that it it doesn't feel right it was funny at the at the wedding not at the wedding surrounding the wedding yes 
someone said something about they made a joke where they were like something something fifth marriage or something like Whoa, that what just not not for luke and brooke just right. marriage in general and they're okay. like blah 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 my fifth marriage i don't know why but then that kind of brought up something where i was like i don't think i'd ever be married more than twice yeah i would love obviously to be married once However, mm-hmm. I know that sometimes it doesn't work out. Yes. I get that. I never judge people who have gotten divorced because you truly don't know. You don't know the circumstances. You don't know what's it's going on. You have no idea what's going on. And yeah. then there are some people, like, I have a friend whose who's parent married someone who later discovered that they were gay. Yeah. And especially, I actually had, a, like, not a, yeah, I would say a couple. I would have a, I had a couple people that I knew that, whose that parents, happened. that happened because they came from a different generation where they were like, ah, oh, I will totally deny this about myself mm-hmm. and then it'll go away. And then as it came, became more acceptable, it was sort of like, okay, this is something that, which is truly beautiful and has led to some beautiful children and relationships and it's, it's all wonderful and great. However, Like, that's, so, so, that's just an example of how things, you know. But I had a friend who was also recently remarried because she really wanted to try at her marriage. Mm -hmm. Her husband was not faithful to her. Her husband was emotionally abusing her. It, you know, it's, you marry someone that you think that you know, and then it turns out you don't know who they really, really, truly are deep down and, like, these things about them. So I would never judge someone who was divorced, but I also feel like, if I had been divorced, I would probably get remarried. But if it also didn't work after that, I'd probably just be like, no more marriages. Yeah. We can stay together. We can have kids. We can do whatever. But no marriages. No marriages. Because there's, there's this weird thing. I don't want to bring the law into this. <laughs> I think that's like another weird part of it where I'm just kind of like, the government has no business in who I decide to shack up with. There was some <laughs> dumb Tumblr post or comedian, so I can't even remember, but it's like, or maybe it was a tweet, I don't know, something, some sort of media I consumed where mm-hmm. it was basically just like, marriage is kind of weird when you think about it. It's like, let's get the law involved so you <laughs> can't leave. Yeah. It is. Mm-hmm. It's, it's different for everyone. And I think the thing that's really interesting is that uh, me and Chuckles have had different viewpoints on Mm -hmm. divorce until we, like, talked about it and then we found that there were, like, some things that we found in common, but there were a lot of things that, like, we didn't really think about, but it's only because, like, we got to see the perspective of somebody that was a child from a divorce family. Mm -hmm. And I say, like, with air quotes divorce because with Chuckles, what the situation was, his parents separated for a time, Uh but then they got back together. And that happened while he was, like, in middle school. That's so yeah. interesting, because usually it never works out like that. Exactly. Dang. So his, his was, the like, the exception. That was the exception, for Where, sure. like, there were people that truly knew that they loved each other, that they were going to be together, and specifically be there for their kid because of, like, their own backgrounds. Mm-hmm. It's all cyclical, I feel, is yeah. that, like, every parent, no matter what kind of parent you are, you are going to give the childhood that you never had to your kids. And that's reflected oh my in your god. marriage. I so agree to that. Right? I Oh my god, I 100% agree. Yeah. So my dad was the youngest of five. Mm-hmm. And when he was born, his 
oldest brother was 17. Wow. Yeah. Like, that's how significant the age difference was. Damn. So I have cousins out there that are, like, in their late 30s right now. Crazy. They both requested me on Facebook around the same time when I was in <laughs> high school, and I was like, I uh, I don't even know either of you. And right. so I denied them, and yeah. I was like, I told my mom, and she's like, yeah, those are your cousins, and I mean, like, they're they're 30 and married. I don't know why you would have anything to do with them. <laughs> but so so he was the youngest of five. And he was, he always, I think, I feel like my dad was the one who always wanted to bring his family together. He right. always wanted to bring his siblings together. Yeah. And when you're that spread out, it doesn't always work out. When yeah. you disagree on certain things, it doesn't always work out. One of my uncles was married at least eight times, I want to say. Wow. Yeah. Uh, one of his wives he brought to Thanksgiving was also named Charlotte, which is just a whole, mm. a weird thing. I was young, but I still was, like, not about it. Young um, enough to know that that was weird. <laughs> yeah. I remember she, like, yelled at my dog, and I was like, don't yell at my dog. Like, <laughs> she's just doing dog things. I was maybe, like, six or seven at the time, and I was still like, don't yell at my dog. Yeah. She's, like, she's doing dog All things. All that dogs She do. barked because you're new. Like, yeah. don't yell at my dog, please. Thank you. Dogs only think to themselves, I'm a dog, I'm a dog, I'm a dog. Exactly. Dog. That's the that whole, the whole thing. Anything. It's like... I'm a dog, I'm a dog, and this is food, and I love you. And, yes. like, that's it. That's like, that's it. all they think about. Yeah. And then they're just like, wait, who are you? What? <laughs> right. Like, I don't recognize you as a person that bark, I bark, 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 Like, that's the thing. That's how dogs work. <laughs> Hi, welcome to Dog, dog Thought. Dog, <laughs> dog Thoughts. Dog Thoughts Drunk. Dog Thoughts Drunk. <laughs> anyway, so, so he had a uh, fucked up family. And then my mom had two half-brothers that mm. were nine and ten years older than her that would literally be like, yeah, he'd bring his friends home and be like, want to see me make my sister cry and like punch her in the arm and then she'd cry because you know he was 18 and she was like 10 and that's mm. so my parents were like we are going to raise our children to be best friends yeah our kids are gonna be so close Mm -hmm. and we are and like my siblings I think that the biggest fight that ever occurred was between my older brother and my older sister and my mom sat them down and Say it with me, folks. I feel when you because, because statements. statements. That's how my mom raised her children. Excellent so, way to do it, Ange. Mm-hmm. Props to Angelique. She did it. But yeah, so she was always so big on all of us being close. Yeah. But also, because they weren't close to their siblings, I'm not close to my cousins. Yeah. And so something that I want to do when I have kids, and I've talked to my brother and my sister about this, is that I want all of our kids to be very close. Just like you and your siblings were. Exactly. And I want, and I had such small holidays, and like I would see people post pictures of like, oh, Christmas with all of our family. And and all the gifts. Exactly. And And everyone. Yeah, and and so now I'm sort of like, I want to create, I want to have the big family where it's mm-hmm. all of my siblings, like, bring all of our kids, and, like, Nana is there, and yeah. Nana will be my mom. She's already specified that she wants to be Nana when she's a grandmom. Yeah, good to stake your territory now. Yeah, exactly. She's like, I'm Nana, and I'll be like, <laughs> and I'll be like, hey, okay, look, look, she claimed this early on, so your mom can pick something else. Right. Um, so she wants to be Nana. And yeah, and I want like the big family and I want the I want the extended family because yes. I feel like extended family is something that I never got. So that's what I want to So it's very interesting. I totally hijacked your story, but what I was saying no. was No, you, you did not hijack anything. You raise your you you create the family that you never had. Exactly. And what's funny is is that what a lot of people I feel like don't realize until like later in their later in their life mm-hmm. is that what they had was good. Yeah. And then 
but for some reason, when you're a young person and you're navigating through it, you think that you can do better. Mm-hmm. So you apply that to your children, which is kind of like a catch-22 because the thing about parents that I feel like everyone always forgets as far as like a different kind of love that mm-hmm. I feel like has only been talked about on this podcast like a couple times. Yeah. Like familial love is very different because familial love is, n- is not so much a choice. It's an obligation. Mm-hmm. When you have a romantic love, you choose that person and that's yeah. what makes it all the more special. Familial love, you are committed to by blood. That's something that you can't really erase. Mm-hmm. But the thing about it is, parents, this is their first time being parents mm-hmm. in every respect. Unless they were like my grandparents who had 11 kids. <laughs> oh my god. That, like, specifically for your mom, this is her first time being a parent mm-hmm. To at least two kids, at least knowing what she's doing by you, the third kid. Mm -hmm. But, like, every kid is different. Every kid will have a different viewpoint on their childhood Mm -hmm. because everyone is different. Yeah. I'm sure the way that your siblings view y'all's relationship is at least marginally different from how you view their relationship. There's Mm -hmm. the holistic thing where you guys all agree that you're close and you want to stay close. Yeah. And you want to try to apply that to your kids. But maybe in some respect, like let's say, hypothetically, Steven, maybe he doesn't want that for his kids. Maybe he wants his kids to feel like they're their own person and mm-hmm. have their own identity and be separate from their family. Who knows? But, like, in for instance, me and my sister, we are ten years apart. And significant difference. Significant difference. Mm-hmm. Generationally is that she grew up in a different time than I grew up. Also, like, socioeconomically, mm-hmm. where she grew up in a poorer neighborhood than I did whenever I was growing up. I had a different education entirely Mm -hmm. from hers. So that's the other thing is where, like, we both grew up different ways, and we're also just both inherently different people. Mm -hmm. My sister... Like I always isn't it isn't it crazy mm-hmm. how different siblings can be? It's you crazy. come from the exact same place, and you yet you are people. so you're so different. Yeah. You're so different, and like especially from what you have told me about your siblings, it's like mm-hmm. it is very different across the board for all three of you. Yeah, which is the thing that you have to remember about parents is that with you, with the kind of kid that you are, they're trying to figure it out because they've never had a kid like you before. If me and my sister were identical, mm-hmm. like, in, like, mannerisms and everything else, there are certain things that we have the same, but that's because our parents instilled that in us. We weren't born with that. My sister is more of a homebody than I am. She mm-hmm. stayed home a lot more for college than I did. I ventured out to a different city entirely. I got to do more things in my young adult life than she did because she decided to, like, live at home or at least live closer to home. And we've talked about this before, but I feel like you and you and I are related in the sense that your older sister and my older sister are very similar. Yes. Where it's where they're more homebodies, they're more demure, they're more like they're they more, keep to themselves yeah. more and yeah. it's not, you know, it's they're not more that, guarded. Exactly. Yeah. They are. And whereas you and I kick down the door and we're like, Hello party is here. Hi. <laughs> it's the younger sibling thing where it's you're the younger kind of sibling like, thing. Give me all the attention because you want to. Mm-hmm. And because if you don't, I might disappear for no reason. It's all, it's all with timing, it's all with how you grow up, is mm-hmm. the kind of person that you become, or at least the kind of person that you start out as, mm-hmm. is very indicative of, like, your placement in your family unit, mm-hmm. where, like, you feel like you're afforded certain privileges, and then certain things are not allowed to you. Like, for the most part, I feel like um, the youngest in every family is not allowed to have a mind of their own, 
they're supposed to fall in line with like what everybody else thinks because everybody else came before them mm-hmm. and it's not until that like person realizes no i have my own opinions when you start um vocalizing that everyone else is surprised because they viewed you as the baby yeah. they viewed you as not being able to have an opinion for, of your own you're too small for opinions <laughs> And I say that as someone who has seen my my little, I call him my nephew. He is yes. the son of a very good friend of mine. Might as well be. Might as well be my nephew. I held him the day after he was born. I held him in my arms. And I was a teenager at the time. And I looked at him, this little burrito in my arms. <laughs> and now he is a boy with thoughts and feelings and opinions. And he just turned nine years old. Oh, that's such a He just turned time. nine. And I look at him and he says things. Things. And I look at him and I'm like, you don't, you don't have opinions, right? You're a little burrito that I can hold in, in one arm if mm-hmm. I need to. And it's, it's, it's not their fault. And I also know that coming from someone who has now seen that perspective. Yes. I'm like, it's not your fault that you think that I can't form my own opinions, but also I'm grown. Yeah. I'm an adult. You've, you've done mm-hmm. more than that person has simply because you've had more time mm-hmm. to do so. Mm-hmm. That's exactly how I feel with, like, my younger cousins, where it's interesting to look at them, especially now that all of them are in college, or for, like, Maya, which I like to always think is, like, a weird extension, like, you and Maya being Pisces, Mm -hmm. and feeling and processing things the same way, I'm just like, Maya's just a little Charlotte waiting to happen, (laughs) but, like, she's, she's, like, visually artistic, she's Mm -hmm. not, like, so much more into, like, theater and film, she's, she's more about telling stories, like, through visual art, Mm -hmm. but... Both you and her having this quality of being a person that feels a lot mm-hmm. and understands the human condition a lot better than everyone else does. It's interesting to me for me to look at her, realize she's 17 years old, and then like processing, wow, she's not five anymore. Yeah. There was a lot of things that I got to teach her because I had that time, mm-hmm. but now it's her turn to learn them on their own, on her own. Mm-hmm. It's so crazy. Parental love. It's nuts. We'll it's never nuts. we'll never understand it until my we're favorite, parents. My favorite thing about it is or like not my favorite thing about it, but like um I only recently, very recently, even though this musical's been out for a very long time, I mm-hmm. like to process a lot of like my thoughts and feelings through art because that's the only way that I can make sense of it. Uh-huh. You were talking about uh, a couple of days ago about Dear Evan Hansen. Yes. And like explaining that to a friend while you were uh, in an otherwise incapacitated state. I was stony baloney, guys. It's okay. <laughs> I'll talk about it. I was um, stony baloney, and I was like, whoa, I just understood this musical. Yeah. <laughs> Not that it's, like, hard to understand, but I, I didn't understand all of the intricacies until I got really stoned, and then yes. I was like, whoa. And you were thinking more about it. Yeah. So, um, the song that, weirdly enough, the reason why I listen to it a lot is because it makes an impact on me, because I, anytime that I'm frustrated with my parents for any mm-hmm. reason, if I turn on that song, then all of a sudden I stop complaining. Mm-hmm. It's because I love the lyrics in it. It's, does anybody have a map? It's mm-hmm. the opening song to Dear Evan Hansen. And the fact that the chorus opens up with, does anybody have, uh, does anybody have a map? Does anybody maybe how in the hell, like maybe know how in the hell, like, well, fuck, I'm fucking up. Guys. Uh-huh, I'm so love drunk. drunk. She's so love drunk. She's too uh, love drunk. It's like, Anybody oh, uh-huh. have a map? Anybody have a, does anybody maybe happen to know how the hell to do this? I love that chorus because it truly encapsulates the thoughts of being a parent, of just mm-hmm. like 
you have no idea what you're doing. Yeah. Because um, I love the fact that the two mothers saying, I don't know if you can tell, but this is me just pretending to know. So where's the map? I need a clue. Because the scary truth is, I'm flying blind. I'm making this up as I go. Mm-hmm. That whole chorus is just the perfect definition of what it is to be a parent, to mm-hmm. have this familial love. You're not armed with that knowledge yeah. whatsoever. With like a romantic love, you can guess mm-hmm. and you can like really inherently feel your connection to somebody. When it comes to forming a life that you are responsible for, no one has the proper rule book. Nobody has the instructions as to not ha- like how to not break that child. You are going to do things wrong. Mm-hmm. Because you don't know how to do this. Yeah. You, you were never equipped with the knowledge how to do this. If anybody was, like, we would have far less problems in the world that we yeah. do now because these people would be perfect. But we're not. That's yeah. the thing. I, I think that, and it's also hard, especially, you know, me coming into this being like, my my mom is, my mom and I are so close. Like, my mom is all-knowing, all-powerful. Like, yeah. my mom is this person where I'm like, she's the smartest human in the world and if you think she's of, yeah. for sure i will say that realistically she's the smartest human i know yeah like but also she's just like she's she's just she's all knowing she's my mom she knows everything yeah. and that's the thing is is i've actually talked to her about it and i was like what if i have kids and they suck and she's like they're not gonna <laughs> suck because they're gonna be your kids and i'm like yeah i know but like what if i'm not as good of a mom as you are mm. and it's and it's something where it's like i've actually thought about this before where it's like shit if I love my mom and depend on my mom as much as I do like is there going to be one day where a child depends on me and expects mm-hmm. me to know as much as her mm-hmm. and, you're and just it's gonna crazy have to, and you're, you're just, just gonna have to, have to you're just gonna have to fucking well make it up I'll be like go ask Nana she's smarter than me I don't know <laughs> you know it's just like a it's a thing it's crazy I having think, kids is, is like, nuts I think there is, like, knowledge that you get passed down as you grow up because, mm-hmm. like, there's so many there's so many things that you have left to learn as we are right now. You're only 25. Mm-hmm. You have so much more of a life and, like, so many other things that you have to learn. Same with me. I am very, very uneducated as mm-hmm. to what life will be able to offer right. me, what life will throw upon me. But, like... I think another thing that's really admirable about your mom mm-hmm. that I, I don't always like to bring up with you because I'm very much just like, this is a sensitive topic. Mm-hmm. I'm never going to bring it up unless Charlotte has already like brought it up herself mm-hmm. because it's not something that I, I typically do. Bring it up. Let's go. Let's do it. I, I already know what you're going to say, but continue. Bring it up. <laughs> <laughs> I think that your mom, the reason why her gift is so much more prominent Mm-hmm is because your dad's not around anymore. Yeah. It's because she's had to take up his mantle mm-hmm. of all the things that he would have told you Yeah, that you didn't get to hear from him. And that's the difference. Like, the reason why your mom is the kind of person is she that she is mm-hmm. is because she has taken all the love, all the advice, all the things that she knows her husband would want to say to her children. Mm-hmm. And taking it upon herself to give that to you. Yeah. Even though he's not here. Mm-hmm. I always... Uh, I no, try. like, I, I, I... No, it's fine. I'm getting emotional, too. Uh, ah! Hello! Emotional. 
deal with from now on right. you know and what's, and what's it, interesting to think about it though is that like remember that talk that we had a long time ago in our apartment when i was when i was talking about how like i think it was specifically father's day or mm-hmm. it was like the day that you were like remembering your dad mm-hmm. and i was telling you that a book that i had read recently which was a novel mm-hmm. uh, brought in this theory that the zen buddhists believe mm-hmm. that time is not linear. We, it's a circle. We, right? It's a circle. Mm. It's a thing that's layered. That was such an intense talk where it's like we are existing at the same time. Not that's to like spoil else. what you're saying, but like yeah. we are we are currently existing at the same time as everything else is existing. And I'm like getting, ah, it's a crazy feeling. But like thinking, thinking about how your dad is like meeting your mom at the same time as dating your mom at the same time as having you and your brother and sister right now, Mm -hmm. that's all happening all at the same time, only that we can't perceive it that way because our knowledge is so limited. But the fact is, like, time is layered almost like a cylinder. There's levels to it. Mm -hmm. There's there's something that's so beautiful in thinking about your dad and all the thoughts that he has and all Mm -hmm. the wishes that he has for you existing right now Mm -hmm. in this time in a different space yeah that like he's thinking about all these things and it's interesting i think that maybe your mom has a gift of like reaching back to that and bringing that forward oh that's so intense i know oh it's so nice it's okay it's okay but now we're gonna quickly move on yes uh two two love songs and breakup songs (laughs) Ah, this is the fastest i've ever asked a question It's because okay. we don't want to get too emotional. Love songs, breakup songs. Let's go. Okay. Let's go. Being, Let's go. being too emotional and drunk is so much. See, this is the one thing that There's I nothing absolutely... wrong with it. There's nothing no, no. wrong with it. Here's, but, what, here's you know. what I love about this episode of, like, Love Drunk. We're talking more about our families than our, like, any of, like, our uh, that was, romantic follies. That was, first of all, we, we started out with the best one, which was the time that we were sleeping with the boys. And yes. then, um, and then uh, Mitch's episode, we also really talked a lot about familial love and our relationships yeah. with our family and how they've affected us yes. in our own growth it's because i feel like that's more mm-hmm. of a significant at least from my experience that's more uh-huh. of a significant impact yeah than any of like i'm about to go down my code list here oh just so i can include it because i put a lot of thought into these uh-huh. code names y'all all right here are the code names so uh the most significant that uh my ex did you do it most significant to least significant pretty much yeah see i did it from i literally just did it time time wise that's hilarious uh-huh. that's so funny we're different people we're different crazy. people crazy so crazy. uh uh bemis is my ex-boyfriend because he loves mm-hmm. to say anything, and that's dedicated to the lead singer of Say Anything. Um, Tom Selleck is the code name for my first kiss because he had a thick-ass mustache. <laughs> it was awful. <laughs> uh, Spoopy, the first dude that ever ghosted me. <laughs> <laughs> His name is Spoopy, and I it's the it. it's the His most name fun. Spoopy, he was so spoopy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Delaware, after the song "Hello, I'm in Delaware," about this musician. That I uh, knew since fifth grade. Chet Baker, another musician that I dated because he was Sad Boy. Mm-hmm. Jeff Winger, after the character uh, in. From Community! Yes! He was the first guy that introduced me to Community. That's Aww. why he's getting that, he I gets got that you. name. I got you. Um, Suds, a boy when I was in middle school, gave me soap for Valentine's Day. Amazing. Marcel the Shell, because his name, weirdly enough, sounded like a name of a shell. Okay. It, like, it was weird. Anyways, 
but like that was a weird hookup in college and then mm-hmm. preacher a boy that i was interested in for so long but constantly tried to convert me to baptism <laughs> amazing amazing um, one day off 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 mic i'll tell you about the the person who tried to convert me to mormonism why we'll is there it. why are there those boys that like want to love mine was you, a but girl was my best friend she wants to convert you she did and i didn't even realize until we'd been friends girl. for years and years and years Aww. and then i was like oh shit this whole time you thought i was going to hell crazy <laughs> <laughs> that's nuts can anyway just, can wait I just say i'm sorry before we get into the songs <laughs> i have to throw my laugh away from mic because it's so fucking loud she does maddie is so loud it's amazing we love her i lived with her for a full year (laughs) before then i knew how loud she was and i still entered into a lease agreement with her yeah but she's a loud girl and we love her and her boyfriend loves her chuckles loves you to death chuckles loves me how chuckle also loves how loud i am chuckles loves you're loud and it's it's so good and that's the thing sex guys (laughs) what up um also i just want to say there was an episode where, uh, <laughs> there was an episode where Luis and I talked about how we thought that simultaneous orgasms were a myth, and then Maddie took it upon herself to tell me that she and Chuckles, we disproved that. her boyfriend, were like, yeah, we listened to that episode, and then afterwards, I mean, if you want to tell the story, then you I mean, I'm just going to finish it out with uh, how simply it went. Me and uh, Chuckles love to, like, listen to uh, Love Drunk on Wednesdays together as, like, often as we can. Like, we could be making dinner. We could be doing a mm-hmm. random activity, like, just snuggling in bed. And I'm like, do you mind if we listen to Love Drunk? And he's like, yeah, no, let's go ahead. Because we love to, like, pause the episodes and look at each other and, like, ask each other questions based off of, like, the guests that have been on here. Like, hey, what do you think about that? Like what they just said, and like we'll have a full discussion about my love, dunk dream. Yes, Michael. what I love about this podcast is it forces mm-hmm. conversations. Yes, but um, I love to force conversations. It's great, obviously. <laughs> Continue. But whenever Charlotte and Louise were talking about how like yeah, like simultaneous orgasms are not a thing, me and Chuckles looked at each other and were like, "That's bullshit." And immediately, as soon as the episode was done, like, whenever we cuddle, like, things escalate eventually. But, like, in that particular moment, we finished, and as soon as we were done, Chuckles looked up at the ceiling and just said, There, Charlotte! He was proving a point with I that time, I will just say, I'm still, I'm point. never, I'm not gonna believe into, I'm not gonna believe in it <laughs> until it happens to me. You could just be lying. No. I don't know. Oh, no, I, I wasn't. I don't think you're lying, but also, like, I don't know. There was a, there, like, Chuckles admitted to me afterward he was going to yell it when he came, but he decided that it would be more polite to just, like, experience that with me <laughs> and then celebrate his victory after the fact. Well, if Chuckles knows anything about me, he would know that he should have yelled it as he came. <laughs> Because being right is more important than anything else in the entire world. I'm just saying. <laughs> anyway, love songs, break up songs. songs. Okay. Let's get to. Um, I will. I will break it down for you mm-hmm. very quickly. Yeah. Um, so, love songs are pretty simple because, mm-hmm. like, I I only really have two. Um, the old school one is the one that my dad always played all the time. That I always equated to, like, oh, these lyrics are so beautiful. Mm-hmm. I would love for somebody to say this about me one day. Yeah. It's called if by the band America. Okay. And it, like, pulls a lot of references from poetry, but it's basically talking about, like, how a person as wonderful as you, how could you possibly love me, but you do anyway? Mm-hmm. How is that possible? If only we knew how possible that was. Mm. 
that's very beautiful. The love song between me and Second City mm-hmm. are, um, we were watching the band Wolfpack live at Emo's mm-hmm. on the south side of Austin. And um, I had never seen Wolfpack live. I loved their music. I loved it more through dating Second City. Mm-hmm. And he had, like, he and I had never heard the song live before. We had never actually heard of the song until the first time that we heard it live. Mm-hmm. And he was going through a really rough time with family. And, like, I don't want to get into all that business. Right. Long story short, mm-hmm. he was very emotionally rocked by what was going on. But the song was called Take Mine, and it's Joey Dosick with Wolfpack. He's one of the, like, unofficial members. He's a young dude from L.A. He loves the Lakers. If you and him could meet, that'd be pretty dope. But, like, (laughs) he's a very soulful man with a lot of lyrics. But, like, the lyrics that stood out to me are just the opening lines, where I know this is a trying time. You've cried until your tears run dry, so why not take mine? And I really want that song to be, like, our first dance at our wedding. Where it's that, like, all the struggles that you think you have that you're facing alone, Mm -hmm. you're not. You can put that on me, Mm -hmm. and we will share it together. Yeah. Any struggle that I have, you will take mine, and I will take yours. That's what that song means to me. Mm -hmm. And it's jazzy, and it's soulful, and it's it's just, it's perfect for what he and I have, Mm -hmm. which is, like, anything... That is a hardship between us. Mm-hmm. I know that you are the person that is there for me for that. Yeah. And you're going to get me through it. Mm-hmm. Love songs. Great. Um, <laughs> because of my experience with being the girl that is always broken up with most mm-hmm. of the, like, majority of the time. Right. I have a lot of, like, trying to get over someone songs. Mm-hmm. But the two songs that always come into my mind, or rather, three songs. There's one that's specific for Bemis because it was mm-hmm. a... I'll tell you the story. <laughs> but number one song that comes into my head with like being sad about it is called Till It Happens to You. It's Corinne Bailey Ray. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. It is a song that shakes me to my core because it's just talking about like, it used to feel like heaven. It used to feel like May. I used to hear those violins. Um, and like, just like thinking and processing love that is so romantic but then, like, no one ever tells you how hard it hurts mm-hmm. when it's over. Yeah. And you wish that someone would because you you think that you wouldn't hurt this bad. Mm-hmm. But you still do. Yeah. So that song I, al- I always play whenever somebody, like, wrecked me in the right. past. Because I'm a person, as you know, mm-hmm. I will pour all my love onto anybody at any given point mm-hmm. if I feel like I can trust them and they deserve it. Everyone deserves it. It's really about if I trust them. Right. And then when they betray that trust, I feel so wronged. I feel so depressed that I just, like, throw everything out the window. The other song that I always play if I'm trying to get over somebody is uh, Best I Can Do by Mr. Wives. Mm -hmm. And that one is more like, um, like the chorus is just saying, it's the best I can do. Nothing is ever good enough for you. And it's always just, like, talking about how, like, you wanted me to be all these things, but I'm not those things. I'm not the thing that you want me to be. Yeah. Also, Hollywood by uh, Jukebox the Ghost comes Jukebox to mind. Jukebox the Ghost. 
I'm going to tweet Jukebox the Ghost, and I'm going to tell them that all these people are talking about their damn songs on my damn podcast. Yes. And they should listen, mm-hmm. and also be, Everybody's lonely be has been like a friends with me, please. Oh my god. Yeah, no, Symbolist123 has been yeah. like my, my love song for a hot yes. second, because I believe that things can happen in an, in an instant. Yes. You just you just go to a party, and you see a person, and it can just happen for you. It's and true. It hasn't been that way for me, but I believe that it can happen. Just saying. <laughs> Just saying. Just saying. And then the third song that is specific to Venus, the first person that I had ever loved, and that you, unfortunately you, Jordan, and Natalie had to ex- like watch me go through. Mm-hmm. He is a good person. He really is. He is a kind person. I think mm-hmm. that he needs to find somebody that he can love wholeheartedly. Yeah. This was the first time we broke up. We broke up a total of three times. Two times, and then he wanted to get back together those two times, and it wasn't until the third time that I instigated it that it was finally over. Right. This this is the first time that we broke up. I was, like, broken. Mm-hmm. I didn't know what to do. Um, but with every relationship that I've ever been in, I'm, all, I'm often the person that just, like, the door's closed on that. Yeah. I never revisit it. I can't. Mm-hmm. I can't. It's It's... He was the only person that, like, we were separated and then came back together mm-hmm. several times. The song is called Paper Hearts by Tori Kelly. Okay. And I recorded myself covering that song, and I sent it as an email to him just to let him know, like, this is truly how I feel at this breakup, and it's not that I want you back. It's that I will always hold, Yeah. I don't know where this... I deleted this email long ago. This bitch sent an email of her singing a song to a boy she had broken up with. Mm-hmm. I'm a big fan of this move. I'm very I'm very emotional when it comes to music. Her. We love her. Uh, but uh, the lyrics... I, I do want to sing it because I am drunk. Go ahead. Um, it's... Um, pictures I'm living through. Like, pictures I'm living through. Through and now. Trying to remember all the good times. Our life was cutting through somehow. Memories are playing in my dumb mind. I hate this part. Paper hearts. And I'll hold a piece of yours. Don't think I would just forget about it. Hoping that you won't forget about it. I sang that song and I You're welcome, everyone. Maddie has a beautiful singing voice. (laughs) You're welcome. I love that to happen. You're welcome. I'm sorry. Like... I, I always knew this. Y'all didn't know this, but she has a beautiful singing voice. Anyway, Thank continue. You. You're welcome. But um, I sang that, and I, I cried, incidentally enough, at the point in the song that I was supposed to cry. Because, oh. like, it, um, you could hear it in the recording. I remember playing it back to myself and then wanting to sob because, like, it was, like, this perfectly encapsulated moment of, like, how sad I was. And then, like, experiencing that, even though, like, it was still me, I viewed it as another person who was mm-hmm. just just broken, and I l- would listen to it, and i feel so depressed. But it was just, like, a song about, like, how um, I, I can pretend to be okay. Mm-hmm. There are these things that I will remember that I always will, like, look back on because I can't help but look back on them. Mm-hmm. But that's it. Yeah. That's all that I, like, can hold on to for now because there's nothing new that we mm-hmm. can make. And I love the lyric of, like, paper hearts, where it's mm. it, it can't last forever. It's yeah. going to go away. Mm. But um, how fragile love can be. Yeah. It's a beautiful thing that I love about that song. Yeah. 
but yeah so like those are my those are my songs I'm, i love music too much oh she loves music so much uh but i guess i guess uh there's only one more question for you we've we've reached the end of our time together yes. and so, we we, we had so much time. together. We had a lot of time together. I'm have to I'm gonna have to cut out a I'm lot so of shit. Sorry. It's okay. I knew this would happen. <laughs> I knew this would happen with the two of us. Oh damn! But I have one last question for you. Yes. My last question for you is, Madeline Grace, what does love feel like? I hope you're ready because even though I'm drunk, so drunk, I thought about this question a lot, mm-hmm. and. The only conclusion that I can come to is based off of every single feeling that I've had. I've only had this feeling twice in my life. Right. Love is the combination, purely as a feeling, Mm -hmm. of floating and falling Mm -hmm. at the same time. When a relationship won't work, it is too much of one or the other. Right. If you're floating too much... You imagine too much for yourself. Mm-hmm. You imagine that this love is at the heights of what anything else could possibly be. Mm-hmm. And that is unrealistic. Mm-hmm. When it's too much of falling, mm-hmm. you lose more of yourself. You yeah. don't allow yourself to be you anymore. And you literally fall into the person that you're with. Mm-hmm. The greatest love that you could ever experience is when you're suspended. It's this person that makes you feel like you're capable of doing anything Mm -hmm. and being a superhero of just doing whatever you want, however you want to. But also that person is the one thing that is keeping you grounded and Mm -hmm. reminding you that you are still human. Yeah. So for me, love feels like and it's like a bodily experience that I have where it's literally being suspended between the two places and then just like holding on to that feeling of just floating mm-hmm. and you wouldn't want to be anywhere else you feel like you're capable of anything and everything mm-hmm. but at the same time you know that that person would never let you float away, would never let you get away. And that, to me, is just like, it's kind of like what we had talked about even with like familial love, that these people that are in your lives Mm -hmm. that you have been gifted with when you you first got here, they're never going to let you intentionally get farther away from where they could possibly reach you. Yeah. If they love you that much. Mm Mm-hmm. The person that you decide to make as your romantic partner will do the same thing. They will let you be you. They will let you have all the dreams, all the desires that you want, but then remind you that they're still here whenever shit gets really hard. Mm -hmm. So they'll never let you get away. No matter what storms come your way, they're always there to anchor you, but still let you be yourself. That's beautiful. Thank you. Thank you so much for being on Love Jog. I'm so sorry. Thanks for being on the pod. I'm so glad to be on this pod. We like finished our charcuterie. We did. There's a little bit of cheese left, but there was a lot of food on the plate, and I hope Mm. you guys understand that. Uh, Follow (laughs) me. Food, food, food. Now I will promote myself. I'm food drunk. (laughs) Food drunk, everybody. 
follow Love Drunk on Instagram at Love Drunk Pod. Follow us on Twitter at Love Drunk Pod. Follow me on Instagram at OCharlotteRose. Follow me on Twitter at OCharrose. Please plug your social media. Tell yes. me everything. Um, you can follow me on Instagram as Madeline Grace underscore D-I-M-A. Dima. I do uh, one project that me and Charlotte have coming up that might be getting into festivals is called Love Thy Neighbor. If you want to see love in a very entertaining and catty way. Also, we were drinking wine when we wrote the script, so I feel like it does <laughs> fall into the category of love drunk. It does. And if you want to um, fund a future project that has everything to do with love and mm-hmm. how we process love and how to find the definition of love whenever it seems to be absent, I have a project coming up this fall called Butterbean. Please, uh, eventually, whenever the mm-hmm. Facebook and the Kickstarter and the Instagram come out, feel free to follow it. I feel like it's going to be a great story for everybody that loves love, every people that are children of divorce, people who have experienced divorce through a close friend. You will love this project, mm-hmm. and I'm very excited. Have read it, can confirm. Yes. It's, 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 it's a special thing. But uh, is that all your social media? Did you plug everything? Yeah, I mean, like, I don't really need to plug my music because like it's it's out there but it's not to the point of like hey follow me because i post regularly gotcha okay well um then my biggest fear is uh deleting all of this as soon as i try to save it on my phone so (laughs) i'm gonna have you look over my shoulder as i do that yes but yeah for madeline grace and charlotte rose at love drunk i guess all i have to say is be loved and stay drunk my friends I'm going to say this with you. Okay. We We love love you. Good night.